Welcome to the Birthful Podcast. I'm Adriana Lozada, and on today's Friday Birthful Story, I'll be talking with Rachel Svensson about coming to terms with her baby's fussy temperament. Rachel's birth was what she would call the perfect birth. The postpartum period, not so much. Dealing with tongue and lip ties along with a baby that needed her all the time was much harder than she imagined. So what got her through all of that? Let's find out. Stay tuned. This episode of Birthflow is brought to you by Simply Breastfeeding, a prenatal breastfeeding course to help nursing parents feel confident with their newborns. Learn more at birthful.com slash simplybreastfeeding and use the code birthful for 15% off. This episode of Birthful is also brought to you by Expectful, an evidence-based guided meditation app created specifically for those trying to conceive pregnant or new moms. Learn more and sign up for a free two-week trial at expectful.com slash birthful. The Birthful Podcast, talking to new parents to inform your intuition. Hello, mighty parents and parents-to-be. Thanks again for all the love you give this show. And if you like what you hear, then please make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And to best support this podcast, please support its sponsors, which in today's case are Simply Breastfeeding and Expectful. Also, quick reminder that if you're around 29 to 34 weeks or near that, this is the perfect time for you to start preparing for life with a newborn. To do just that, check out my postpartum preparation course called Thrive With Your Newborn at birthfulcourses.com. Now, you won't find the content of this class in your childbirth education classes or in newborn care classes. Instead, Thrive With Your Newborn focuses on giving you the tools to understand, connect with, and enjoy the baby you've got, while at the same time helping you figure out your new identity as a parent without losing yourself. It also focuses on getting you and your partner on the same team so you can have less struggles during those first few weeks. So do yourself a huge favor and go sign up now at birthfulcourses.com. I promise it is worth it. All right. So for today's show, we've got Rachel Svensson here to share her postpartum story. Rachel, welcome to the show. So great to have you here. Thank you. So happy to speak with you. Yay. And thank you for wanting to share your your story. And now we're going to be doing postpartum story today, right? Yes. Love it. Because I think we really need to get those out more. Um we need to shine a light on what that experience is really like. So, yeah, thank you for doing this. Absolutely. Um, would you mind telling the listeners just a little bit about you? Um, who are you? Yeah. So um, I'm um, I'm a mom of a nine month old boy, nine months old today, and I live in the LA area. I um, I work as an adoptions therapist with foster and adopt families in the area, and um, I don't know what else. Yeah, that seems that seems like most of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, okay. And we were talking off the air for a bit, and your son is today nine months. So yes, yay! Congratulations. Thank you. We survived. <laughs> Right. Well, yes. that's a little bit of what we want to talk about. You know, what did that survival look like? But let's go back to mm-hmm. before he arrived. What were you thinking in terms of what, you know, what the postpartum was going to be and um, anything you did to prepare? 
Yeah. So we did, uh, what is it? Birthing from within prenatal class. It was like a, you know, intensive one day. I can't remember if it was six or eight hours, but it was, it was a long class. And so part of that is doing the lab, the birth labyrinth. Mm-hmm. And as we were instructed to go in, you know, I, and you're envisioning the birth as you're tracing the labyrinth. I had, you know, really kind of clear vision, strong feelings of what I wanted that to look like, what I might feel like, and all these different kinds of things. And then as the instructor is asking us to go out and kind of envision postpartum and what that looks like, my mind was just a blank. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know how I would feel. I didn't know. And I shared that in the group and I thought, oh, well, you know, at least I know that it's unknown, but it'll be okay. I used to um, work at a preschool, so I did uh, infant care um, as part of that job. So I was like, I've worked with babies. I know babies. I babysat. I'm going to be fine. I don't really know what it's going to look like, but it'll be okay. And um, I think both my, my husband and I were sort of in for a rude awakening. It didn't go very smoothly. Mm. Um, so, and we didn't prepare enough. So that's, yeah, that's kind of the start of our postpartum. Yeah. That, and that mm-hmm. is such a great, I mean, I love that you did the birthing from within and working mm-hmm. through the labyrinth and, and having that sort of very clear difference. So did that open your eyes at all? Like, did you like, oh, it's going to be a blank slate. Maybe I should do something different. Or you just were like, yeah, well, we'll figure it out. I think, well, my husband and I are great partners. We've worked through lots of struggles together in our, in our relationship. So I thought, you know, even though it's unknown, we have each other, we'll do it together. Both of our families are in the area. And I just figured with my, you know, limited experience with babies, we'll figure this out. So I didn't really go much beyond that. Okay. So mm-hmm. how I, and we know that, you know, birth does impact the, the experience of birth can impact mm-hmm. the postpartum because it kind of like sets, that's how it starts, right? It sets up the circumstances for how you go into those first few weeks. So tell me a little bit about your birth and how that went. So the funny thing is, I feel like my birth like dropped from heaven. It was, I mean, quote unquote, the perfect birth. So um, I was being seen for my whole prenatal care at a freestanding birthing center that's maybe 15 minutes away by um, a midwife. And we had a great relationship. And I exercised throughout my whole pregnancy. And ate well and did all the yoga and the dates and the red raspberry leaf tea and all that. Um, and so it was a fairly quick labor. Um, I didn't, of course, didn't know what to expect, but during a lot of it, I was like, this is fairly manageable. I'm doing this. I'm rocking my birth. And, um, so I showed up to the birth center, you know, after laboring all day at home and I was only two centimeters. So, um, the midwife asked me to think about going home and laboring at home for a while longer because this was my first birth. So she thought maybe it would take a while. And I said, no, I am not doing that car ride again. That Mm. just felt fairly miserable. Um, and so I stayed 
And from that point to my son being born, it was like a little over three hours later. So it was a really fast moving active labor. I just kind of got in the tub, um, turned all the lights off and let the oxytocin do its thing. Mm -hmm. So it was uncomplicated. You know, it was, I just thought, wow, this is, this is setting me up for an amazing postpartum. I really did think that I was like, I had such, I rocked my birth. It was so beautiful in so many ways. And, and, you know, here we are just blissfully entering this next stage of our, of our lives as a family of three. Yeah. And so awesome that you had that beautiful birth to, mm-hmm. you know, so that you didn't have any extra obstacles um, yes. to go into postpartum. Yes. But even with that perfect birth, I'm mm-hmm. getting a sense that things were rocky. Yeah. So it started, I think, what, the first month of postpartum, this sort of bleeds over into a breastfeeding narrative because... Um, it, that, that was so much of the first month of postpartum, which I think is true for a lot of people is figuring out breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. And, um, when he was born, he, um, my midwife is also an IBCLC. And so she helped him latch right away and he, he nursed there. And I just thought, wow, that was easy, you know? And it, so she sent us home, um, couple hours after he was born and and there we were and I tried to latch him and he wouldn't latch I couldn't get him to latch and so I think maybe it was from your show that I knew that if I hand expressed I could feed him with a spoon so I was like it's okay don't worry about it I'll feed him with a spoon we'll try again next time and I just it just didn't work and it kept not working Mm. and um so tell me, like, I know yeah. that I know that we're doing a postpartum, not a breastfeeding story, but they mm-hmm. are connected. What does yeah. like it didn't work? What does that mean? Was it what? Give me yeah. a little bit more detail. Yeah. So he wouldn't uh, he had trouble latching. So I knew he could latch because he had latched at the birth center. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I one time in that first week got him to latch successfully Um but he just, he would struggle a lot. And he, he was born with both his hands up by his face. I think that was like his, his comfy position. So trying to nurse him with both of his hands up by his face, he would push my breast away and, and just kind of squirmy, wriggly. He just, yeah, he, it's like he wouldn't relax and just latch and nurse. So that was the struggle. So thankfully, um, my, uh, midwife came and, uh, the, I think it's the 24, you know, she comes and does a home visit 24 hours later mm-hmm. and she helped him latch and she showed me, showed me how to latch or how to suck train him with a syringe and the tube and everything. And, and of course, while she was there, he successfully latched and then I couldn't get him to do it again. Mm. So it was just so frustrating. So all that to say, he ended up having a lip and tongue tie. We got it revised, and that took some time for him to adjust to as well. So that first month was just so tearful and so stressful of, I need to feed my baby. You know, that's like a basic thing. I need to feed my baby. 
Well, and that's and working. his little tiny stomach is dictating your whole life. Like that is exactly. that's pretty much that month. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And it it's funny. My my husband and I that first month, first couple months actually call them the tiny tyrant because it it just felt like he he's the dictator, you know, and that tiny tummy maybe is the dictator. And anyways, so. That was that first month. Well, and then hold yeah, on. Go ahead. One question: When? Mm-hmm. So when was that lip tie and, di- and tongue tie diagnosed? And who did the diagnosing? And like, how yeah. did it come about? And and how? Wh- what did you do to correct it? So my uh, midwife, I think at birth, looked and said, "You know what? He's a little bit tongue tied, but let's see if he can latch anyways, and let's see if it's painful for you." And since he could latch anyways and it wasn't painful, she's like, he's probably fine because, um, you know, it didn't seem like a big deal. Um, so then when we were just struggling and struggling that first, I think it was a week and a half in after we had done multiple visits with her, breastfeeding support visits with her, she said, you know what, this isn't, this isn't going smoothly and he does have a tongue tie. Let's see if that's the answer. So she sent us to, um, I think she's a, a pediatric dentist um, who is maybe an hour away that she likes to work with. And then she assessed just in office and said, oh, yeah, I'm shocked you could even get him to latch at all. Mm. So which was, you know, so affirming for me. There you <laughs> that- go. Yeah, that felt like, oh my gosh, I'm not crazy, you know, crying in the middle of the night trying to nurse him and saying, why can my midwife help him latch and I can't? Um, I wasn't crazy. It was a, it was amazing that we were able to do what we did. Um, and how, so, what you know, like that is so much of postpartum, that yeah. feeling like you're blundering through, you have no idea what you're doing unless you did some serious preparation and feeling like, uh, you know, at a loss and yeah. normalizing it and realizing that, yeah, this was, I mean, on the contrary, it wasn't that you guys were quote unquote failing. Mm-hmm. You were doing way beyond what was possible considering the circumstances. Yes, exactly. And I look back and I think, well, we were, we were working together as best we could during the time given, given what was in front of us. And, and through all of that, he regained his birth weight within six days. Wow. Um, so it was amazing that we were able to, to do all that. Um, so then in office, she kind of, you know, did the revision, sipped his lip and his tongue tie, which was like sort of traumatic to see the blood everywhere. Um, and then I think that was like two weeks. He was two weeks old at that point. And then it took him another couple of weeks to get used to his new mouth. And plus we're doing the exercise, you know, the exercises where you kind of um, massage the scar tissue so it doesn't heal back the way it was. Exercise is the worst name for it. <laughs> it's the, it feels like torture. I felt like I was torturing him. Mm. Um, so anyways, so that was kind of, that was the first bit there. And then, you know, the month is gone and you're like, oh my gosh, he's a month old. That was a blur. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, before, so let we're gonna get into like what your feelings were during that month and what stood out, and and mm-hmm. and a bit more of what that experience was. But we are gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. Breastfeeding. It may be natural, but that sure doesn't mean it's easy. And it's a learning process for both you and baby. And like most learning processes, it takes a lot of trial and error. However, this trial and error can sometimes come with a lot of crying and not necessarily only from your baby. Help lessen the crying and frustration by arming yourself with some solid knowledge. A great way to prepare for this is by taking the Simply Breastfeeding Online class created by breastfeeding experts Cindy and Jana. In their class, you'll learn to recognize what your baby is telling you and how to meet your baby's needs starting in the very first hour after birth. You'll also understand the basics of breastfeeding and be able to return to them if you encounter difficulties, and you'll feel confident knowing the answers to the most frequently asked questions. Lessen your anxiety and frustration and relax knowing you've got this. Go to birthful.com slash simply breastfeeding to learn more. And as a birthful listener, you get 15% off if you use the code birthful when you register. So go to birthful.com slash simply breastfeeding or click the link on the show notes to get you on your way. And we are back talking about Rachel's postpartum experience. Um, So... That month was a blur. What, aside from the lip tie, do you, like, we're, you know, very much focusing on how the baby and his little stomach dictated that month. But in terms of you and your identity and your becoming a mom, how, what were you feeling about that? And, and yeah, how was it transforming you? Yeah, um... That's such a good question. I think, I think I realized about myself different, maybe things that I, I wish weren't true. Like I, I thought I was more patient than I was. Um, having that little one who needs you 24 seven, um, I thought that that would be easier and, and it wasn't easy. I wanted space. I wanted time and I, I wanted not to be needed all the time. And that was hard because you can't, you are needed all the time, especially breast exclusively breastfeeding moms. You're needed all the time. Mm. So I think that was a wake up call for me. Like I thought it would be a smooth transition and I would just, you know, naturally fall into this rhythm of being a mom and, and it was hard. Yeah. So how did you deal with those feelings and, and, you know, when did it get better? Um, you know, I think, gosh, I'm trying to think maybe it got better. I I think my husband and I really have talked about it getting better when around six months, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that was kind of a little bit of a turning point for us. And you know, there's little milestones in between there where it felt better and better and better, but maybe around six months, it started feeling a lot better. And you know what? I don't, there was a point where I was, um, I had a panic attack in the car cause my son doesn't like uh, car rides. So he screams and screams, not so much anymore, but in the beginning he would just scream and scream in the car. And, um, 
I had to pull over and I was like doing deep breaths and, you know, coping with just the stress of sleeplessness and lots of screaming. And I realized I need to go talk to my therapist again. <laughs> like this isn't, I'm not feeling very well. And, um, and I didn't judge myself for it, which I think was good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went and I spoke to her and I think that was one of the turning points. I think that was maybe around three months where, um, I was just returning to work and, um, my son wouldn't take a bottle. So I had to bring him with me to work and have him be in an adjacent counseling room and then pop in and nurse him between sessions. And who was taking uh, care of him during that time? Did you have like a nanny or what? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. I had someone staying with him during that time. So, um, that was fairly stressful. Um, just hearing him cry while I'm trying to do sessions, you know, hearing him cry for me and, um, just, just all of postpartum. And so I just kind of laid it at the feet of my therapist and said, like, this is how I'm feeling. I'm, this is not fun. I'm not enjoying being a mom most of the time. This is really hard. And I think I was blaming myself a lot of the time that I wasn't good enough. Or maybe I was even blaming my son that he was just a fussy baby. And, you know, what was wrong with him that he was so fussy? Or what was wrong with me that he was so fussy? And then she really just reframed it for me and helped me see that the problem wasn't with me. The problem wasn't with my baby. The problem was that I was trying to do this too much on my own. I I think I was trying to protect my husband from feeling the stress because he was back to work, you know, full time after two weeks. So I was trying to protect him. I was kind of reticent to ask for help because I felt like it was easier just to do it myself. Um, And she was saying, no, the problem is you need, you need more support. And that just like lifted the burden from me. And I started asking for more help. Um, and I started being more okay with, um, it's okay for, it's okay for this to be hard, you know, and not judging myself for it being hard. It's, it's hard because it's hard. It's not hard because I'm doing something wrong. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so much I want to ask you about that, but I can hear baby in the background. Are we good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, my husband's getting him up from a nap. So hold on one second though. Yeah, sure. All right. I'm back. Thanks for, thanks for the pause. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) That's what it's all about, right? Realizing that we, we, you know, that's, that's such a crucial point about our societies. We want to pretend that we don't have kids. Yeah. <laughs> like yes. any but time anything involves interruptions of having to deal with kids, whether you're out in public or on your own or whatever, you know, yeah. it's like a bother instead yeah. of supporting each other because that's a reality. Like, how are we here if not because we were all once kids and somebody was taking care of us? Yes, so true. Oh, and there he goes. <laughs> <laughs> My husband's probably changing his diaper. <laughs> um. Yeah, so... You know, what I was going to ask you, and you kind of answered a little bit of what one of my questions for for you was, what did your support system look like? So it seems like up to about three months, it didn't look like much. Yeah, so I I don't want to say it wasn't much. I think probably part of the 
the problem was I wasn't asking for help as much as I needed it. Mm. Um, so my sister is amazing. She actually lives with us now. She moved in with us. Um, maybe when my son was like five months old, I think. And just having an extra adult in the house is so helpful. And she would come over when he was a newborn and just hold him while I rested. And that was huge. Um, so it was and, more about giving yeah. yourself the permission yes, of being helped. Yes, yes. And part of it also too is, you know, those hormones, those protective mother bear hormones are mm. really, really powerful. And it was hard for me to give my baby to somebody else and go rest because I was so on hyper alert. Um, I didn't, I, I just thought it the funniest thing postpartum was hearing phantom cries every time. I laid my head down and closed my eyes. I would hear him cry, whether he was crying or not. It was something my brain was doing like, nope, don't, don't relax. Don't rest. You need to be on alert. Oh, that's such a great point. Yeah. So it was, it was hard to just trust that he was okay. Trust whoever was with him. And it's still hard, but it was really hard in the beginning. Hmm. Yeah. It, and it's it's such a conflict because you know you need the help. You know that we are not supposed to parent alone, that it does take a village. And, you know, as corny as that phrase is, but at the mm -hmm. same time, you've got every cell in your body asking you to reach out and take care of this child. Yes, exactly. Oh. That's That's the conflict of the postpartum period, very succinctly put. Well, so... You know, you said it started getting better around three months, and mm -hmm. that was also around the time you went back to work? Yes. So um, I was really grateful my supervisor was, um, is, you know, really flexible with me. And when I realized that the bottle thing wasn't happening and he was just crying for me the whole time I was gone at work, she was like, then bring him with you. And I was like, really? That's okay? Yes, that's okay. So that was amazing. It was really, really amazing. Um, and, um, you know, I wanted to go back actually and say one of the biggest two, there's two really big things that helped me in that, those first three months. And one of them was baby wearing that saved me. So, um, I wore my son all the time because he needed to be held all the time. Um, and we did a lot of skin to skin and, and that really helped. And then the other thing was we, um, we bed shared for the first four months and that really, really helped too. That helped ease my anxiety knowing he was right there and, um, and it helped him sleep a lot better. And I think it really speaks to how much creativity and, introspection and observation postpartum requires because you really have to figure out what works for you and how to you know some people bed sharing would make them insanely anxious yes right yeah. and but for you it calmed you so yes. there there's not one way and trusting that sort of intuition of you know, I, I love that revelation that you had at three months. And unfortunately, that it was set off by a panic attack of like, yeah. this is not this is not cool. <laughs> like, this, yeah. Something's yeah. got to change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So I'm I'm sorry. I I lost where we were going. Oh, we're going. just going. We're, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so we were. I think we were around three months.、Mm-hmm. Yeah.、Um, What? So so you mentioned baby wearing and bed sharing. Yes.、Um, yes. As being things that were super helpful. Was there, in terms of you and your identity, and you know, after you started talking to to your therapist at three months, and that kind of reframed, like did some mental health support. Mm-hmm. What so? When did you start enjoying being a mom? Oh, that's such a good question. I think I don't want to paint it as all bleak. There were many, many beautiful moments,、um, through, like from the moment he was born,、mm-hmm. um, and those were the moments that kept me going. And a lot of that does center around breastfeeding in my relationship with my son. I love. But that's like my favorite time of day. I love nursing him. I love when he relaxes in my arms because he's a very high energy, intense kid. So he's kind of like going a mile a minute. He's he you know crawled fairly early. He's he's been on the move. He's always on the move.、Mm-hmm. And so the that time where we can be still together is so bonding and restorative and comforting for me. Um. So yeah, that and that's always been there, and that that was like my saving grace. Like, okay, we can this this is time for us to just be and relax and and bond together.、Hmm. And I really appreciate how breastfeeding is what gives you that space, even though you had so many breastfeeding challenges for so long. Yes, and I I think about that. I think how grateful I am on a fairly regular basis that I can sit here and nurse my son, and I'm grateful for my job flexibility that I you know I work thirty hours a week and I still can you know come home or you know pop over and nurse my son when I need to, and when he's hungry. So that's I'm so so grateful for that, and I know that. I don't say that to you know put down anybody who wasn't able to do that or to make them feel bad about you know them not、um, finding the answers that they needed. I just think for me this was we needed to push through and we were persistent and I'm so grateful that we were. Right. Well, and it, and it is not about making people feel guilty. It's about knowing and understanding, like we were saying before, that you just every person has to figure out what works for them and their family and what's right. While at the same time understanding that this process is hard, that you've、It's、got、hard. like you got to put in some time, yeah. Yes, yes. I think you had one episode about breastfeeding、um, taking persistence and creativity, and it did. It really did. Yeah, and I'll link to that episode on the show notes. But right now, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to switch it up a bit and talk about your recovery. We'll be right back. Want to know my solution for resetting my nervous system? It's meditation. But what is so great about resetting your nervous system? Well, if your nervous system spends more time in high alert and doesn't get to go back to baseline often, then your body is in constant state of stress, which is not healthy. 
I have quite a bit of sustained stress in my life, and so I find that meditating is a super easy way to make sure I break up those stress signals. You may be thinking, that sounds great, but who's got time to meditate? Well, the good news is that if you have five minutes, then you do have time to meditate, and it becomes even easier when you use a meditation app like Expectful. I've tried other meditation apps, and I really like how the Expectful app is designed to fulfill your pregnant or new parent needs by focusing on whatever you need at that moment, whether it's better sleep, connection with baby and partner, embracing your identity, lessening stress, dealing with uncertainty. Expectful makes it super easy for you. Plus, I love the voice of the person who reads the meditations. Go to expectful.com slash birthful to sign up for their free two-week trial and check it out yourself. And please don't forget to add the slash birthful part so they know who sent you. And we're back. So tell me a little bit about your own recovery, a physical, <laughs> mental, emotional, but mostly, I guess I, I guess I want to focus more on the physical part. How was that? So when I gave birth, I um, had a first degree tear and um, I got stitches for it. And so like that was fairly uncomfortable for me. And even five weeks in, I was like, something's not right. This is not, I'm not recovering the way I should. And I went to my midwife and it was because the stitches hadn't dissolved. So my skin had healed around these big knots. So that was tough. And then kind of looking at my body as, um, it had changed, you know, drastically. It had changed. Um, I was able to, because I'm a fairly body positive person, um, accept it. But it was hard, you know, it was hard getting used to a new body in the beginning and not knowing when it would, when I shouldn't say go back because there's no going back. There's Mm -hmm. only moving forward. But when it would feel like my body again, because it felt very alien and strange. Can you, can you talk more about like what made it feel alien and strange? So I'm, um, I'm a runner. I, I love to run. I ran throughout the first half of my pregnancy. And so feeling strong in my body is really important to me and feeling very much the opposite of being, you know, your stomach feels like a pillow. It's like marshmallow afterwards. It's very deflated. It's very deflated and, and feeling like, what is this? What is this? This isn't my body. Mm. Um, not judging it, trying not to judge it, but just feeling like this this isn't what I'm used to. I don't know what to do with this body. And will I ever feel strong again? Um, so that, that took some adjusting to, and I'm so grateful now that I do feel strong again in my body, but my body will never be the same. And that's okay. In fact, I think I'm stronger now. Mm. Yeah. What did you do anything specifically to try to reconnect with your body? Was it just a period of time? What, what helped you? I think part of it's just time. Your body needs to, to heal. You know, you've grown a human for so many months and then you need several months to kind of, um, not recover from that. Cause I, that's a negative word, but maybe integrate that into your body. Mm. Um, and into your, your psyche. So, but I also, I just doing lots of gentle movement. So walking, 
um, yoga, just lots of gentle movement with myself, not pushing. If I didn't feel like doing something, I wouldn't. There was no like taskmaster in me saying you have to go, you know, go back and work out and do all the things. And I let myself rest when I needed to. And I think that's important for body recovery is resting when you need to. Hugely important because I don't think we quite, unless you've gone through it, I don't think you quite get the extent of what your body goes through being pregnant and birthing and then nourishing a child afterwards if you're breastfeeding. Um, and even if you're not, like just it, it is... I, I don't have a problem with the word recovery, but I always say you need to honor your recovery um, yes. because you you can't, it's not about strengthening your arms. You've got to go back to the, what you mentioned so basic as connecting with your, reconnecting with your body because it has changed so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I love that you talk about gentle movement and, and sort of tuning into you know, figuring out not the body that you want to have, but the body that you have and where it is right then without judgment and then seeing the changes as, as time goes by. Exactly. And I think that the hardest thing for women in our culture, if we're going to talk more globally, um, not globally, but nationally, mm. it, we just judge women's bodies so much. And I hear that from new moms. Um, I hear that from moms who are pregnant, even pregnant moms, we judge our bodies like, oh, I'm just so huge. It's like, wow, can we honor the fact that we're, you know, giving life and nurturing life? Can we honor that bodies change day to day, even minute to minute, our bodies are always changing and that's okay. That's normal. And let's just kind of be curious about the process instead of judging. Well, and it's really hard to sort of embrace that sentiment at a point in time where your body is going through so much. It's a great opportunity. But the fact is, like if we talk about our Western cultures, right, that Mm -hmm. most of us have some sort of body issues because we're constantly bombarded and how we're like too something, too tall, too skinny, too fat, too, you know, flabby, too strong, too... (laughs) What too Absolutely. loud, too quiet. Absolutely. Uh, so you're not, we're starting out, you know, with some sort of handicap in that sense that we don't already like in general. And I am generalizing, but I it's more of us don't love our bodies when we start out with this process. Absolutely. And I don't say any of the things that I just said to judge anybody for not being in that place. Like, oh, no, it's we all hard. do it. We, yeah. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. is hard. And I, I, I struggle with those things too. I think it's awareness of, um, oh, that's how I'm feeling right now. That's what I'm thinking right now. Isn't that interesting? And noticing as opposed to just kind of unconsciously moving throughout your day, hating your body when you just gave birth, you know? Mm. And those are tools that really help you not just to love your body, but to parent, to, you know, you're yes. modeling stuff for your for your children, too, in the way that then you later speak to them instead of like, oh, you dropped, you spilled the milk, how horrible, rather than, oh, I see you spilled the milk. Let's pick it up. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Being more, more noticing. 
more mm. mindful. Yeah. Now, Rachel, I'm gonna switch tacks a little bit and talk about because postpartum affects everything and everyone. What did it do to your relationship with your husband? And um, and you know, you got you you mentioned that you guys were a good team to start out with. How were you challenged by this experience? That's such a great question. Um, so I don't know if you know the book, and I think it's in Baby Makes Three. Do you know that one? I, I know the title, but I haven't okay. read it. So I will, okay. yeah, I'll look into it's, it. It's a great one. So I, my husband and I read it and it's, it's gives like really practical ways that your relationship is going to change or challenges that it might have. So that was what we did to kind of prepare while I was pregnant. And I'm glad we did. Um, and also just recognizing this is going to be really, really hard and not pretending that it wasn't. Um, and just allowing yourself grace for, you know, the 2 a.m. Like, what are you doing? Why is he crying? You know, that's going to happen in every relationship, whether it's strong or not. Um, so not judging ourselves for that. But I would say it was definitely strained in the first few months. So my son is a, he, he cried a lot for the first few months, a lot, a lot. And just that's taxing and that wears you down. And it wears your patience then with your partner. It, yeah, that, that's what it did for us. I mm. think it, it just made everything sh- kind of short. There wasn't, there wasn't as much room for grace, you know, because we were tired. Well, that's it. That's it. You were tired and we're having a challenging situation with your child. And it is, it, it's, it's like you're being challenged physically and mentally to the utmost and then have to still keep going and try to figure out how not to lash out to each other but to stay in a team instead of like you know it's your fault or it's my fault or yes it's your turn (laughs) yeah right i'm done yeah keeping track um and I, I remembered the author of the book. It's uh, John Gottman, and he has yes. a, the, from the yes. Gottman Institute. Yeah, no, this is so much on my reading list, and I'd forgotten. It is, but so see, there you go. When I asked you earlier if you had prepared in any way, you ha- so, so you I did. Had. This is a huge right. preparation. Like this is more than like reading this fantastic book because it is fantastic. Um, is is an awareness of hey our relationship is going to be affected by this i don't think a lot of people think about that yeah yeah i don't i don't know how people think about it but i knew for um my husband's cousin is also a marriage and family therapist and she i remember years ago had recommended the book and i thought i'm gonna read this this is a good idea things are gonna change for us yeah so now, another thing I wanted to touch upon is, you know, you say your baby was a little bit more high needs than expected. Yes. And he... As you hear him crying in the background. Yeah, I know. I'm like, oh, poor honey. But I know Here. dad's oh. taking care of him. I know. Dad's, hold on one second. Let me turn the monitor down, though. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. I think they're taking a shower together. Hopefully that'll make it a little bit easier for you to 
hear me and not be so distracted by him. Well, yeah, and it's I'm not going to I'm not going to edit this out <laughs> for yeah, our listeners yeah. because it's great to understand that, you know, this is the reality at nine months and it's not like he's being neglected. It's not like nobody's taking care of him. It's not it's sometimes for whatever reason, some babies require a little bit more crying and, 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 and yes. with with nurture, right? It's not like lock them in the in a room and walk out and then they no, cry no, no. on their own, right? Um, but that even with all the n- nurturing that you guys are doing, even under those circumstances, sometimes babies have a really hard time and need to cry. Yes. Okay, so that I think is so key. For me... I thought, because I was like, I'm, you know, my work is all about attachment Mm -hmm. um, with parents and kids. And I'm like, I'm just going to focus so much on attachment. My child's going to be so calm and relaxed because we're going to be so attached. That was not true. (laughs) Um, He was not calm and relaxed. He's, He's an intense, high needs kid. And he still is. It's not like it went away. Of course, he's a lot easier now. He has some more coping now. He's adjusted to the world a little bit better. And I know how to shape his day a little bit better. Mm. But he's still high needs. Right. So that that is per- leads perfectly into something I wanted to ask you when I was saying, you know, he that you have a, a baby that is a little bit more sensitive. How because just like we have like an idea of how we want to birth, an idea of how we want a mother, we have an idea of the baby we want to have. And you said, you know, you thought you're, you're, you work in attachment, you're going to have this really calm and, and serene baby. Mm-hmm. How did you come to terms, you know, of, of that? What did you do? What was helpful to sort of mourn that idea of that baby that you wanted versus and focus on the baby that you actually got? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it was definitely a challenge for me. Um, I, it made, I guess hearing him cry and knowing and having him be so high needs and so fussy made, made it harder for me not to judge myself, made it harder for me not to say, Oh, I guess I'm just a bad mom. What really was a corner turning for me was reading the high needs baby book or the fussy baby book by Dr. Sears and recognizing that some babies are just born this way and that that's okay. And, um, it doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. This is just their personality. And actually it comes with all these strengths too. It's not just a negative. He's really curious and really alert. And I can tell it's just like so interested in everything that's going on. And he's been that way for, you know, like since he was born. Um, so it's kind of, helpful for me to not think think just about the crying and the negative and the neediness, but think about all the amazing strengths that he has that are related to maybe why he cries more often, maybe because he gets, you know, easily overstimulated because he is so alert or whatever it is. Yeah. And it goes back to, we have these, we've adapted to some extent Mm -hmm. to very overstimulating lives. Yes, and yes. It, as you say, it can be of benefit just realizing that in him that he needs calmer and less less stimuli so that he can do his observations in a more detailed way. And then maybe that helps you or asks you 
or maybe forces you to <laughs> to have to slow down and go at his pace. Yes. Yes. And learning and learning him, really mm. learning him, not having him just be the baby until while I live my life, but really partnering with him on okay, what do you need? You know, how and how can I support that? And still, you know, doing what I need to do, but um, recognizing that his needs aren't just the same as mine. You know, he's mm. he's his own person and I need to be sensitive to what he needs. Oh, that is such a good point. Such a and, and it's that's that and in there lies the difficulty of the balance because it, it's also being respectful of that. Also, mm -hmm. being respectful of your needs as well. Yes, Ugh. that's that's parenting right there. That's the struggle of parenting. And so I'm so grateful that, you know, my husband is right there with me, you know, and my sister is right there with me. Mm -hmm. And we have my mom and, um, you know, both both our sides of the family are, are around. And so like last night, we went out for, my husband and I went out for a date while my sister um, was home with baby. And that, that was amazing. <laughs> That's what we needed, you know, just to honor our needs of being together and not talking about baby stuff. Yay. Did yes. you, did you not talk about baby stuff? <laughs> We're actually really good at that. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Um, yes. Rachel. So, okay. You are nine months out. Yes. What, if anything, looking back, would you have done differently? Hmm. I think maybe I would have prepared more for postpartum. I, but the, the struggle with that is what would I have done? I don't know. Maybe just changed expectations. Mm -hmm. And uh, even having like come figuring out what realistic expectations are. Yes, 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 yes. Because we yeah. don't know. We, we don't. We don't usually understand how difficult how difficult it's going to be yeah i think i had heard many amazing birth stories and um i haven't heard i hadn't heard many postpartum stories it's sort of maybe like a little secret that we all have that it's really really hard <laughs> and so i got initiated into it not knowing how hard it would be hmm. And maybe if I had known this is going to be really intense for a few months and, and it's going to push you to the end of yourself and that's okay. Just know that that's what it's going to be like. Maybe it would have, I would have freaked out less mm. that that's what happened, you know? Yeah. What are, what has been in during this time, one of your most rewarding or most, you know, moments you're most proud of? I think I just come back to breastfeeding. Aww. Yeah, that's, that's it for me. It's such a joy. It's such a joy. Right. And just, you know what, watching my son, just, he's an amazing human being getting to know his personality and loving the intensity and loving the fact that he is so loud and so vocal. That's beautiful, you know? It's really neat discovering who they are. It is so 
amazing. And you get that front row seat too. Yes. Yes. And watching the changes day by day. And, you know, also I'll say with a fussy baby, going back to that thought, um, it was comforting to me moving through coming to terms with it, thinking about it through an attachment lens, knowing um, the fact that he is so vocal about his needs means that he trusts me with with his needs, with meeting his needs. If he was just silent and shut down, he wouldn't be reaching out for me and trusting me. And so I was like, okay, he's just sharing his needs with me and he's trusting me to listen. I can listen. Mm. And that shift, that little shift in perspective can be so helpful instead of like, why won't you stop crying or why am I doing wrong? Yes. And not to say that I don't still feel that way sometimes, but, (laughs) but reminding myself, he's just sharing a need and he trusts me to listen and I can listen. Yeah. Now, did you find that this, I feel that one other thing we have to normalize is that, you know, just like you're not expected to jump into parenting and love it immediately and all that. Like, I think we need to normalize that it can be that you don't fall in love with your baby right away either. Like, what was that experience for you? Did you love him from the beginning or did it take a bit to warm up? Did I fall in love with him right away? Uh, Yes and no. I felt bonded to him right away. Mm -hmm. Um, More primally. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that's like the amazing hormones that we have. But then I don't know about the gushy love stuff. That wasn't there initially. It was more I would sit in awe of him like, oh, my gosh, we had a baby. We did this thing. This is pretty crazy. But I don't know if I felt the way I do now where I just I just want to eat him up. You know, I just I love that boy. Um, I don't think I felt that way initially because he was crying so much at the time and it was so much of a struggle. And I, I think that's okay. I think it it took me much less time than my husband though. So it wasn't till several months in where he was like, I think I like being a dad now. Mm. Um, and I think that's probably pretty normal. Yeah. What? Looking back on it, like for the listeners, the people out there who are not quite <laughs> to having their babies yet, mm-hmm. um, what are your final sort of words or things you would have wished somebody had told you? Hmm. Um, gosh, that's such a hard question. A good one, but a hard one. I think probably that... Um, Trust your instincts and um, because my, my instincts usually lead me in the right direction, whether it's re- if, if it's researching a certain thing or talking to some person about something or yeah, trust your instincts. And then um, that you can, I think it's the same thing for birth. You can do hard things in birth. You can do hard things in parenting and it's rewarding and it's worth it. Um, it's hard, but it's it's so worth it. Mm-hmm. I don't think we should um, 
say, you know, enjoy every second because you're not going to enjoy every second. That's ridiculous. Some of it's just hard and it's not enjoyable, but it's so worth it. That, that bond, that love, that connection, it's, it's beautiful and, and life-changing and you'll never be the same. Mm. Yeah. Forever transformed. Yes. Indeed. If listeners want to connect with you or yeah, know more of what you're doing, how can they do that? Um, I guess maybe I could, I have my email that I can, I can put it on the show notes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I could do that. Fantastic. If, like, if they, if you want, I should have asked first if you wanted. No, that's fine. No, that would be, no, that would be fine. I would love to speak to moms to be or parents to be. Um, yeah. Awesome. Rachel, It's been delightful talking to you. Thank you for sharing, for being so open with your experience, because I know it's a difficult one. Um, Was there anything else that you wanted to make sure we got to that we didn't? Or did we cover? I think we did a good job. I think we did a good job. I I guess I, I leave it hoping that people didn't hear it as a negative, but just as honest and and um, and. You know, I, I, I'm so grateful that I've been transformed and am still in the process of being transformed by, by the love that I have for my son. And it's, it's a gift. Mm. Thank you so, so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Adriana. Mighty Ones, check out the in-depth show notes for this episode at birthful.com, or you can see pictures of Rachel and her baby, and also learn more about me, the show, Patreon member benefits, send me messages, and more. I'm also on Facebook or Twitter as at Birthful, so come say hi. And if you're in the last months of pregnancy and feeling unprepared for going home with a new baby, then go register for my Thrive With Your Newborn online postpartum preparation classes at birthfulcourses.com so you can get ready and even enjoy those first few weeks. This episode was produced by me and made possible by you, the Birthful Patreon supporters, and by the wonderful people at Simply Breastfeeding and Expectful. The title song for this podcast is Vive Ace by Kevin McLeod, and the sponsorship song is Air Hockey Saloon by Chris Zabriskie. Find them both at freemusicarchive.org. Also, the Birthful podcast is part of the Parents on Demand network. Find out more at parentsondemand.com. I'm Adriana Lozada. Please join me Wednesday when I'll be talking to another birth professional to inform your intuition here at the Birthful Podcast. Thanks so very much for listening. <laughs>